words, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And then he goes on to say, I was weary of holding it back and I could not. And Jeremiah, as it seems to him, it's futile. God's word's not working. No one's listening. The word of the Lord is falling on deaf ears. What's the use? I'll give up. And then he said, I can't. Because God's word was like a fire. He sensed the resonance of it. He sensed the power of it in his bones. And he said, no, I, I, I can't. And he just continued then preaching and prophesying the word of God. Jeremiah was God's prophet preceding the Babylonian captivity. It seemed that he was unsuccessful. No one listened. And he thought, what's the use? There's no point in following God's word. Then I said, I will not mention of him nor speak any more of his name. What's the use? I'm going to stop. I'm not going to be God's prophet. I think all of us at times have experienced similar situations where we listen to God's word, we read God's word faithfully, and it seems it just doesn't work. It seems that there are just so many things that we're believing for that God's word has spoken to our hearts that God will do. We're trusting and we're waiting and it appears it's just not working. I think all of us at times feel that God's word is just not doing what it should do. And, uh, you know, that prayers are not being answered that healings have not come, that promises remain unfulfilled, that family members still are not in God's kingdom, that the job we believe for has not come, that besetting sins are still there, that money has not come through, that the power that God's word promises still eludes us. And we think, what's the use? Can we trust? Can we totally depend upon the word of God? And I believe Jeremiah in a wonderful way tells us that the answer is as we let God's word begin to burn within our bones that we will see the outworkings of it in our lives. But his word was in my heart, Jeremiah said, like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And in the end, he said, I was weary of holding it back and I could not. You know, just to believe, to state, uh, to preach and to talk the word of God. He was holding it back and he said, it was such an effort. I'm tired of not proclaiming and believing and allowing God's word to do its work. And uh, Jeremiah in a very wonderful way through his prophecies, shows us how we can have the word of God burning within our bones. The process to the fire in our bones. And as we look through the whole book, I find there are five things that Jeremiah tells us. And these things are just so simple 
that each one of us can take hold of them. And as we do, we find that God's word begins to work in a new dimension and a new power in our lives. And the first one is Jeremiah tells us that he would eat the word of the Lord. In Jeremiah 15, 16, thy words were found and I ate them. And thy words became to me a joy and a delight in my heart. You know, there's something about devouring the word of God. There's something about being hungry and and listening and reading and in that sense, uh, taking in as we take in food and allowing God's word to strengthen and enrich us. And of course, one of the uh, wonderful ways we have of feeding on the word of God is through ministry. And all ministries are different. You know, Pastor Marty comes and there might be a bit of curry and a bit of spice in his ministry and it might kind of sometimes be a little bit abrasive and and just tune us up. But we need that. And then Pastor Margot comes with uh, sweetness and and cream and and sugar and, and just makes us feel so nice. We need some of that. And then I'm trying to think, how am I going to present myself? Then I try to bring some vegetables, (laughs) right? And, you know, and and try to make them enticing and and try to make them uh, palatable because we need them for our well-being. But, you know, we need to eat the Word of God. There, There is an attitude where we can just read it because we have to read it or we read it and, you know, we devour it. You know, I love to be sitting and listening to ministry and, you know, every word is feeding me. I I can't get enough of it. I'm enjoying it. It's food to my soul. And Jeremiah came to that place in his life and ministry where God's word was so powerful within his being that it burned in his bones because he had learned to eat the word of God. Every one of us can do that. Every one of us can do that. These Uh, principles that I'm going to share from Jeremiah. They are so simple, and yet they are life-changing. Secondly, Jeremiah tells us how we need to read the Word of God. Not only do we devour it with hunger and, you know, it's nourishment and we, we love to absorb it, but then he tells us in Jeremiah 18, 1 to 2, 1 to 2, And go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. When we sit down, we open the pages of God's word, we need to say, God, I'm in your potter's house. I'm in the potter's house. I'm in the house where the potter is molding, where the potter is taking out imperfections where the potter at times might be smashing to make the vessel more useful and more beautiful. That as we read God's word, we apply it in a way where it brings about change because we read the word of God and we are in the potter's house. 
We're in the master's house. We're in the house where he's making vessels under honor for his glory. And if we have that attitude as we read the word of God, that we're in the potter's house and each word is critical. Each truth is life-changing and we sense as he moulds and corrects and works, does his wonderful work with the wonderful fingers of his word that we become what he wants us to become and we'll find that that will bring fire. God's fire, God's word will become fire in our bones. And the thirdly, we find in Jeremiah 23 and 9 that Jeremiah talks about something that's a little unusual. And I want you to take it the right way, not the right, wrong way. In Jeremiah 23, 9, he says, My heart within me is broken. And then this is the response we have. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine has overcome because of the Lord and because of his holy words. What a tremendous truth there is there about spiritual drunkenness. Not natural drunkenness. I've never been drunk. I don't know what it's like to be drunk. I don't think I really want to know. But I've seen a lot of people that have been drunk. And of course, the Bible talks about that we can be, you know, drunk in the spirit. The Bible does, there are references. And, and so what Jeremiah is saying here, that when his heart was broken because His people would not change. They were heading headlong into judgment. It seemed like the purposes of God were coming to an end. He didn't know what to do. He became intoxicated with the word of God. What a wonderful truth that is. You know, when you're intoxicated, I understand from others, not from my experience, that, you know, that the cares of the world really don't matter. It really doesn't matter what's happening in yourself. There is that sense of, I guess, separation from all that can worry you and all the pains of life and all the difficulties you're facing. And there's a, a sense of, you know, happiness. Some people, I, I, I don't know how to fully explain it. Uh, maybe someone that's had a lot of drink in the past might come up and, you know, share a little more about it. Uh, but the point I'm making simply is there's something about being intoxicated with God's word. There's something about being drunk. There's something about drinking too much of God's word. There's just something about it. There's something about it if we do it. It will be a fire in our bones because it doesn't matter what we're facing. The experience of being drunk and full and intoxicated with the word of God will be such that that we're separated from that. And in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the elements, in the midst of what's going on, we feel in ourselves comfortable with what we have drunk of the river of life 
the Word of God. Now, that's something we can all do, isn't it? Now, Jeremiah is not telling us to do things that we cannot do, that we might experience what he experienced with God's Word burning as a fire in his bones. Fourthly, Jeremiah tells us that there's no limits to God's word. God's word cannot be confined. God's word cannot be bound. And in Jeremiah 33, we read, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time. While he was still shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show, me, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah, because of his forthrightness, because he had a message from God that was unacceptable to the king and the people, because the people did not want to repent, they bound Jeremiah and put him in the court of the prison. He was limited. He was bound. He was restricted. There were barriers. And yet in that place of barriers, in that place where he was bound, we find that God says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And the wonder of God's word is that it's never bound. It doesn't matter what situation uh, we find ourselves encapsulated in. It doesn't matter what the home situation's like. It doesn't matter what the health situation's like. It doesn't matter if we're in the court of the prison. God's word tells us to call unto me. And I will show you great and wondrous things. God's word goes beyond our limitations, beyond the restrictions that we feel and experience in life. And God's word says, just trust and see what I can do as I break through the barriers and show you the power of my word. And then fifthly, and every one of us can do that. I think every one of us at times, if not right now, we feel that we're in the prison court. There are things that are chaining us. There are things that are limiting us. God says that. That's not a problem when it comes to his word. Just call unto me and I will show you great and wondrous things. And then Jeremiah, and this is the fifth point, he tells us to immerse ourselves in the biographies of Scripture. You know, the wonder of God's word is that it's not just pure philosophy it's not just pure theology it's not just words that we grapple with but it's a book of biography it's a book that shows us the lives of people like ourselves 
and what God can do in their lives. We see them in their weaknesses. We see them in their strength. God's word brings truth into the material as we have a book of biographies. Don't you praise God for the biographies of Scripture? I would never understand the Bible fully if it wasn't for the stories of men and women portrayed, weak, failing, turning to God, drawing on the resources of God. That's the wonder. That's the wonder. And we have in uh, uh, Jeremiah 35 one of the wonderful stories about the Rechabites. And uh, Jeremiah is told by God to get a descendant from the Rechabites and bring them in and uh, present to them wine and drink. Now the Rechabites had made a vow before God not to drink wine. They made a vow not to buy homes, not to plant vineyards. They made a vow that, that, that this life was to be transitory. This life is not permanent. Life tells us that. The duration of life tells us that. And the Rechabites, in a unique way, decided by their way of life that everything about the way they lived would show that this is not where the roots are. And so they realized they wouldn't come under the power of drink, strong drink, wine. They wouldn't plant vineyards. They wouldn't plant any crops. They wouldn't have any permanent homes. And even when Jerusalem was attacked and they had to come from the fields, they came into Jerusalem, they still lived in their tents. And we find that God says, offer them wine. At a time, judgment was coming. This is the prophet of God speaking. And they said, no, we're sorry, we can't. We've made a commitment to our Father. We have made a commitment to God. We cannot. We cannot drink. And then Jeremiah uses that in terms of Israel refusing the word of God, not listening, not being bound by what God wants. And these group of people, this family of people that ran into, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, were so, so committed to way a way of life that their founder under God had told them to go. And at the end, when they refused, God said that there'll never be a time when one of those will not be a voice under him. See, God honored their life. God honored. God honored commitment. God honored. And you know, we can go into God's word and we can saturate ourselves. We can't all handle. I had, you know, I had trouble with some of the chapters in Ezekiel. Uh, not Ezekiel too, of course, but in Jeremiah. It really doesn't matter. The biographies of scripture. The stories of people that put their trust in God. The outcome of God's work in their lives. We immerse ourselves in that. And I want to tell you, there'll be a fire of God that will burn within our bones. 
You might say, John, you know, I don't have that fire. You know, God's word is not like that to me. In fact, God's word feels maybe dry and at times dull. I I don't get excited about it. I don't feel it pulsating through my life, but I know I need to. You know, the good news is that, you know, we have that story in uh, Ezekiel 37 of the Valley of Dry Bones. And that, that's used in so many ways to present so much truth. And, uh, and God sees this Valley of Dry Bones and he says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel was wise. He didn't answer correctly. He he didn't say yes or no. He said, God, only you know. What a wonderful answer. He was a wise man. Only you know. And and then God said they can. And I just want to, and, and God told Ezekiel to prophesy, to prophesy. The bones, we're told, were many. The bones, we're told, were very, very dry. And, you know, sometimes in, in our relationship to God's word, we can somewhat feel like that. And you might ask, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can God's word become a fire in my bones? Can the very structure of my being be strengthened and dominated and empowered by the word of God? I don't say like... Ezekiel, God, only you know. I say, yes. Prophesy to these bones. And Elijah prophesied. And in that prophecy, we see that the bones began to move. And the bones began to live. And you know, God's word can be like that. And one of the wonders of being empowered within our bones with the word of God is that that we're empowered not only for life, we're empowered for death, and we're empowered for life to come. We have that wonderful story where Elisha was buried, and the enemy was coming, and there was another body that needed to be buried. There was no time to bury that body, and so they threw it into Elisha's grave. And when that body touched Elisha's grave, touched Elisha's bones, it came to life. It came to life. And when God's word is so important and so dominant and is a fire within our bones, it not only enables us in life, it carries on as a heritage and other people and family will be blessed after we're gone. That whoever touches those bones shall live. I'm excited about God's word. I'm excited about God's word. And I just want to pray. I want to prophesy that the bones will live. I want you to experience such a love and empowering for God's word that you can't wait for your next meal. It doesn't matter what surrounds you. That does not matter. I want you to see yourself in the potter's house as you read in God's word, 
changes you. I want you to be encouraged and challenged by the biographies of Scripture. God's Word. Oh, God, I... It's not working, Jeremiah said. All this effort and some of his prophecies went on for hours. You read them. And for him to know what to say under the anointing, it's just not, no, I'm going to give up. And then the fire. There's a fire. It was burning. It was burning. And he said, look, I, I can't help it. I can't help it. I've got to keep trusting. I've got to keep following. I've got to keep allowing God's word to work in my life. Amen? Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? Musicians, come. Lord, we thank you for the power and the wonder of your word. God, we appreciate its life, its direction. And I pray, oh God, that as part of our life and part of our being, that word would be what motivates, what empowers us, God. You said your word's like a fire, it's like a hammer that can break in pieces anything that would stand in its way. And Lord, sometimes we kind of feel that it's not doing that. There's a dryness, God. It's not the excitement, Lord, that your word should be. And I pray, oh God, that bones that are dry will begin to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Breath of God, fall upon us. Give us, Lord, a sense of wonder and love for your word that will ignite our being, our soul, our life. God, these bones can live. Every one of us can, can, Lord, experience your word in all its wonder and grandeur and power and fulfillment. And I would prophesy, Lord, upon these people that your spirit would bring it to pass as they would open their hearts that there would be a new sense of wonder, a new determination, Lord, to make your word a priority in their lives. And God, that you would bless us as you have with the provision of your word that meets every demand and every need of life. We thank you for it. We honor it, Lord. Even as your word declares that you have honored your word above your name. Because within it is the power that each one of us in the world needs. God bless your people as they get into your word. May they sense a difference. May a fire be sparked and burn within their bones, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mark.